What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace, this is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And today we're back again with another tribute and another tribute to a raucous record. Last week we did Most Def Black on Both Sides. Today we got Pharaoh Monch, Internal Affairs, released October 19th, 1999. Yeah, yeah. That's 20 years. This year is the year of, of the 20s for Ruckus. This is uh, a very short-lived, but, you know, a, an important era, I think, in, in hip-hop for fans like ourselves. I would agree, actually, yeah. When you consider Sound Bombing, yeah. Black on Both Sides, Internal Affairs, and, of course, the previous year, Black Star, the next year you've got... Yeah. Uh, I think the uh, train of thought and then yep. you have a high tech project coming out on Rockets as well. If I'm yep. not high technology. Yeah. So this one and uh, the most deaf, which was, would be the previous episode that, that um, we release are both situations where the artist is taking the opportunity to do big things for the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to talk about that. So I know that in Brooklyn, most Def has a show coming out that I was trying to get tickets for, but once they went on sale, like they were immediately sold out. Mm. And so I was like, well, you know, they might sell them at the door. So I was actually thinking about going up to New York just to see that, because obviously I love oh, Black on Both so. Sides. It's not just one of my favorite hip hop records. It's one of my, it's easily in my top 10 of albums, period. Yeah. So if I can manage to go to that show, I will try. Mm-hmm. I'll probably take a PTO day, because I think it's on a Sunday night. Oh, okay. But I, I think I would, he's doing like a mini tour as well, right? Like I think he's doing a couple more dates. Somebody else told me that as well, that he might do a mini tour specifically celebrating this album and this is not the first time that an artist did this in fact Mm -hmm. Raekwon and Ghostface did a little tour for to celebrate 20 years of was it 20 years or 15 years for uh, the purple tape the purple tape so it might have been 15 yeah no no 20 years yes because in 2020 it'd be 25 yes so they did a little purple tape tour as well and and that was great oh that's dope yeah so i liked it you know the the legends of the game are coming back to revisit these projects with with yeah. tours because we all like that and of course you know nas elmatic that was a huge one i mean he did, right. he did at the fucking kennedy center with yeah. the national symphony orchestra so and then monch is also doing one uh i think is it's he? just one show and um okay. he's also re-releasing the album because as you know because of the the godzilla sample on simon says um, right. You know, due to copyright issues, that whole album got pulled. It wasn't available on streaming services or for purchase no, anymore. No, it was not. And so, uh, so he's re-releasing it on the on the 20th anniversary. So for folks that don't have it, good opportunity to cop. Now, did he get that sample clear? I guess, or I mean, there's some <laughs> level of resolution to the point where they're they're able to release the album. So yeah, I was not able to check out this project on Spotify. I had to hit up Koi, who I mentioned in the previous episode, who yeah. let me borrow the the album. And so I've been listening to it on CD all week in my car. That's what's up. I would have preferred yeah. to listen to it on CD. Um, my CD mm-hmm. is at my parents' house somewhere. I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Because I don't have my physical CDs anymore. So I had to listen to this on YouTube, which, you know, I'm not a it's YouTube not music member. Definitely not advertising for them. So it yeah. wasn't a very convenient listen. But at least you got <laughs> to listen. Now, let me ask yeah. you, prior to this week, when is the last time you revisited this project? Probably college. Probably college. Okay, so that's not too bad. This is the first time I've heard this album since Koi let me borrow the CD 20 wow. years ago. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. And yeah. I know that we're, we're paying respect to this album, and this is a tribute, and I recognize it's important. But I also don't think I've missed much in that 20-year span. Yeah. Whereas when we talk about other albums that I constantly revisited, mm-hmm. 
I was learning a lot of new things and I did learn some new things from this album this yeah. time around. But yeah. generally speaking, this is not an album that I feel the need to revisit like every single year, every five years. Yeah. So I, I don't really think I missed all that much in the 20 year span. But what were your kind of your thoughts on it? Just on the on the revisit? Just at a, at a surface level, I, I would agree that I don't think that this album aged in the way that like a black on both sides did. Right. However, I feel as though this re-listen was kind of like me holding a mirror up to myself 20 years ago. And <laughs> okay. like just giving me a better understanding of of who I was as a person because and as a as a hip hop listener because I really really enjoyed this album when it came out and this was like an album okay. that I was like telling everybody like you have to listen to this this is amazing this is great and so just you know the amount of excitement that I had for it at the time it just tells me a lot about myself and, and who I was when this came out well, I think that's a good segue into the where were you, and you should probably mm -hmm. start it off. But when you talk about that, mm -hmm. I'd also be interested to hear where you think you've grown since yeah. you first listened to that album. So, so why don't you start us off? Sure. So, I mean, you know, squarely in the ruckus camp, we talked about this mm -hmm. uh, coming off of Sound Bombing Two and um, the Most Def, you know, a Black on Both Sides album. So, right. so I'm a huge fan. I loved Mayor off of Sound Bombing Two. This was the first album that I ever pre-ordered online. And I remember okay. it coming to my house bubble wrapped with, you know, with, with the <laughs> box and carton and, and everything and being excited to take it out of the case. I only really remember like two or three albums like that. And this is the first one I remember coming to my house like that. I remember, you know, I'm squarely a fan of all of the contributors, even though there's not a whole ton of features because there's just a shit ton on like one or two tracks, right? Yeah, But, true. you know, it having um, a ruckus posse, posse cut, you know, with, with the, your Common and your, your Talib Kweli, it having a posse cut, posse cut, you know, my definition, not Carlos's definition, with a ton of people on the Simon Says remix, it having a right. cannabis feature, which at the time was a big deal for me, right? Cannabis this is, is on this. I know he's gonna kill it. He kills everything. And then also learning that um, Ferromanch was involved in producing some of the tracks himself was also very intriguing mm -hmm. to me because this is around the time I'm also kind of dabbling in production and things like that. So, um, right. you know, I'm, I'm an underground backpacky hip hop kid and this is right up my alley and Ruckus is my favorite label. And then, oh, also Simon Says come out, comes out and it's like this, yes. this, you know, off the wall, like unexpected hit single where like, you know, I mean, it, yes. it, it gets so big and you're just like, wow, like this guy's a super underground guy and, and not in the way of, of, of Miss Fat Booty, right? Miss Fat Booty makes sense. Right. It's it's a song about, about a man and woman. It, it has all of it, it has singing in it. it you know, it, it's it's danceable. It's, it's all these things that make it make sense as a hit single. Simon mm. Says is like, it has call and response, which makes a little sense. But like it doesn't make sense for it to be as big as it is. And so I think, you know, this is also the part where us as these backpack kids, we're like these kind of nerd kids in terms of what we listen to and what we like. Right. Everybody's talking about DMX and Jay-Z and all this stuff, which we like that as well. But these nerdy rapper guys, you know, Talib Kweli, Most Def, Pharaoh Monch are people that we like and we have to try to put people on to because they're not in the mainstream. And then he kind of strikes gold with this Simon Says record, and now suddenly everybody knows about him. So, you know, that's kind of where I am. I'm in, I'm in that in-between, you know, 
raucousy phase of, of my life. What about you? Yeah, and let me kind of expand on the, the Simon Says because, you know, that's exactly where I was. My first memories of Pharaoh Munch yeah. and this album were on Simon Says. And I understand that, you know, he was on Sound Bombing, but I wasn't really paying attention to his song on it. Like, I knew who Pharaoh uh, Munch was. But when Simon Says came out, I think that, you know, you touched on Jay-Z, DMX. These are the records that are banging in a club right now. But mm -hmm. the reason why I think Simon Says worked is because of the energy was such a raw, like, you know, get yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. Like, it worked in the club. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because they tried to make it a radio single. And technically, like, it was something that was played on the radio. It was played on the TV. But I think mm -hmm. where this song really thrived was just in the club where you could just, or at the school dance or whatever, because that's what it was for us. <laughs> right, like, the right. Dancer, at the house party whatnot right because mm -hmm. that's you know definitely this is like prime house party time right right you know every other weekend you know there's some dodgy house you know <laughs> going to but you know some uh haphazard makeshift <laughs> dj equipment someone's you know whatever but this is one of the songs that they're always playing right and i think that because it had such a like a club energy or party energy to it uh -huh. is why this single was able to thrive mm -hmm. but kind of like along with you i'm definitely in you know into to rockets into most stuff and the things that were coming out around mm -hmm. this time like i said before you know i'm i pretty much caught up to speed on all the hip-hop that i thought i needed to catch up on mm -hmm. at the time and i did not own this one this is something that you know koi my friend let me borrow it i held on to it for a solid two to three weeks uh maybe about a month or so okay and yeah i, I think that you know the given who he was given the underground nature of him it is something that was able to resonate with me mm -hmm. but at the end of the day too you know when i gave the album back i never felt the need to like to buy it myself mm. or to ask to borrow it again okay and i think there was something about pharaoh Monch that i i easily respected because i could tell that he was definitely a skilled rapper mm -hmm. and he was very unique mm -hmm. you know what i mean the theme for me i think on this show is i appreciate talents who are unique talents who don't sound like something else right even if it sounds like something that is ultimately kind of whack if you're like the first one doing it like that's one of the reasons why i like gucci man so much because mm. i personally feel like gucci man was an original at least at the time when i heard him mm -hmm. i hadn't really heard anything like that right and so pharaoh Mosh definitely stands in his own lane the way he kind of goes off beat sometimes and yeah like i think he does it far more effectively than, than Tom oh Tommy. yeah so he's always someone that i've been able to respect but at the same time too from the executive producer level or from the this is my music that i want to put together level mm -hmm. it's not always something that i necessarily needed and we could talk about that a little bit when we talk about you know highlights and lowlights right but that's kind of like where i was when i was listening to this album and i kind of want to know though you know, you said listening to this album was like a like a reflection or like a looking in a mirror or mm -hmm. however it was to like see who you were at the time. Mm -hmm. How do you think you changed since you first listened to this album? Man, I've changed a lot. I'll give you a, a, an example, and I probably was going to do this when we break down the, the tracks, but, you know, I, I'll That's go okay. ahead and jump the gun. But like The Light, yeah. for example, right? Right. At the time, I really liked this song. It also, you know, Common had a, The Light around the same time, and he has The yes, Light. So like... You know, this was, I was, was like, oh, these two, these two girl records, you know? Um, mm -hmm. The difference now is I can tell that Common has talked to a woman and, and I'm not so sure Pharaoh <laughs> Monch has talked to a woman, right? And I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to clown, yeah. right? But like, dog, none of the shit that he said on that story would bag any woman that I've talked to. 
Um, and you know, the way that story just kind of jumps around, it's like, okay, you made this story up, right? Like this isn't something that really happened. I feel as though to some degree, Miss Fat Booty, I'm like, this could be based on a true story. Like, like I feel like, you know, this, yeah, the you way- Yeah, and I had disagreements on that, but yeah. Yeah, but the way men and women communicate with each other, there was some pieces in there that I'm like, okay, that, you know, the vibe, I, I, I can get it. It makes sense. Yeah, I um, The way Pharaoh Monch talks to women on this album, makes me wonder if he really talks to women very often um again i'm not trying to diss or clown but you know 14 15 year old me is like oh you know he walked up course, to a girl at the club sense. and he said this oh yeah that's probably true i've never been to a club so that probably happened you know grown-ass man me it's like eh. so you know there are things on this that you know uh, another example is rape Right. Um, right. As someone who probably had no sexual experiences when I listened to this album, my assumption was just, oh, you know, this song is is people try to make inflammatory statements pieces in order to, you know, bring people to their music. Yeah. I was like, OK, this isn't for me, but maybe it's for somebody. I get it. Like he's kind of trying to. You know, he's telling us that he really likes hip hop. And so he's like telling us that he's he's showing us his sexual prowess as a as a rapper, I guess. But like, you know, now in the context of someone who, you know, has had sexual experiences, sorry mom, and has a, a very, you know, strong stance on on how I feel about rape. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay with it being utilized in this way. And it right. being utilized in a way where, like, it, it doesn't even make sense, right? Like, in the context of the record, the record I don't is, really think it makes sense either. The record is supposed to be about how, like, he says, you ain't fucking it right, right? So, like, he's saying yeah. that he would do better, I guess, maybe on these beats or whatever, right? But how does that equate to rape? It, it doesn't even make sense. So It's weird. Yeah, there's, just a, there's some concepts on here that just, you know, as a man with a developed mind and developed opinions on things, they don't really sit with me. And then again, right, I'm also a grown man and we're in an era where rapping about rapping is just not good enough anymore. And so there's a good amount of you. just rapping about rapping on this album that doesn't really do it for me now the same way it did for me back then. But now I feel okay. like I'm beating well, up on the album and I'm not. So, nah, you know, cool. we'll it's talk cool. about positive things going forward. But that's Well, just I'm surprised because yeah. I was probably going to beat up on this album a little bit, mm. a little bit. Mm. Um, but I was going to be fair because I always try to be fair. So but right. we, before we even get into that, mm -hmm. we should probably, uh, you know, take a break and cut back to the critical reception. Yeah. According to the Wikipedia, the mm -hmm. professional ratings and review scores on Wikipedia is you know did very very well i think Stellar. the lowest it has is a four out of five stars but most of this is four and a half out of five nine out of ten yeah the source gave this a four and a half mics yep in fact i think the source rated this higher than it rated black on both sides which is wow. a crock of bullshit but i mean <laughs> hey that's what the source thought so yeah um, maybe that's an indication of where hip-hop was at the time the understanding of hip-hop was at the time where you know i think now we kind of look back at hip-hop music with a better understanding of music in yes, general agree. specifically i mean you and i agree because for as much as you might have understood music back when you were 17 18 years old mm. i know at least for me and i'm pretty certain for you as well that mm -hmm. we have both listened to a variety of different genres and have right. a better understanding of music in general right. and i think that it is quite possible 
in that time frame in the 90s like just thinking about hip-hop or just think about music from a strictly hip-hop mm-hmm. stance it's very easy to say like on a, on a first listen like oh yeah mm-hmm. this is better than black on both sides because it has a record like simon says right. because the light is so sing-songy and mm-hmm. this is just like a raw hip-hop as well mm-hmm. and he's got all this energy and it's great but like just musically it's fine. I think it's a good album, mm. but um, I agree wholeheartedly. I don't know. I think some of the, yeah. I think some of these ratings are a little too good, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, just to expound on what you're saying, I agree with you. I think we're at a time where I don't think that we've really contextualized hip hop as music right. yet. You don't hear a lot of hip hop albums at this point in time being compared to other pieces of music, and so. At the time mm. we're looking at this, you know, Carlos and I talked about how we hated on records on on black <laughs> on both sides that didn't have any rap on them because we're like, yo, rap, right? Like for us, hip hop is just beats and rhymes and music yeah. is something different, right? Over here. Yes. So so if you're looking at this as just beats and rhymes, this is a stellar album. Like like the beats mm-hmm. are great on here. The rhymes are great on here. Like, it, like this is a, a really good, you know, I mean, if it, it's almost like, we talk about how, you know, we would repackage Eminem and we would want him to just, you know, rap over over just rap beats. Like like this is the album yeah, we want from like Eminem, right? You know what I mean? I would agree. In fact, in fact, I wish Eminem was on this album. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think that's that's, you know, we're coming from a perspective of decontextualizing almost hip hop from music. And it, when you do that, this is a four and a half mic album. But then, right. you know, when you take it to the broader context of the stories that are being told here and the music yeah. here and how it all flows together and what we're supposed to take away from it, that's where, you know, you can kind of speak a little more critically, in my opinion. Yeah. In terms of just the personal critical reception, mm-hmm. I mean, my friends who listened to this thought it was dope, thought it was really dope. Yeah. But... This wasn't just something that you like listen to. If mm-hmm. you listen to this, you intended specifically to listen to this album. Right. You know what I mean? And that was very specific people who did this. This wasn't something that I think the general, you know, conscious of or just the general population was just like, oh, I'm gonna listen to this album because I need to listen to this album. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew Simon says that was obviously a, a huge party record, yep. like I stated. But I'm not sure how many folks I knew at the time who listened to this album. Mm. I do think, though, that people who were fans of Pharaoh Monch and people who were fans of this album, mm-hmm. I stated this before, I can't rate him as highly as they do. I mean, mm. I've heard them rate him pretty highly. And mm. I'm just like, uh, I get it because I do get it. Mm-hmm. There is a technical mastery there that is that is really, really good. He mm-hmm. does have bars. He's definitely nice, yeah. no doubt. But I just don't think he's... I don't know. I, I just I can't elevate it to the level that I have heard some of my peers elevate it to. So mm-hmm. I think generally speaking, if we're talking about the critical reception, my peers who listen to this probably thought this album was better than I thought it was. Okay, so from a pure emceeing perspective, Feral Monch or Meth? Easy. Method Man. It's not even close for me. You think Method Man is a clearly more technically gifted MC? Yeah, I do, because like I said, I like that Pharaoh Monch goes off the beat sometimes and does some kind of like abstract things with his flow because I think it's very Pharaoh Monch. Mm-hmm. And I think it works for him because I think it's intentional. Whereas someone like Talib Kweli, I think he doesn't know how to fit all of the syllables <laughs> on into the into the space. Right. And it sounds cluttered. 
Whereas Feral Monch, I think, is very is doing it very deliberately. And I like that because it's his own unique style. Yeah. But in terms of just flow on the mic, I think Method is superior. Yo, and in terms I, of... I want, I want you and, to listen to his next album, Desire, and then okay. let's have this conversation. Because I just, I just feel that. like, you know, he's a very gifted MC and actually a very gifted sure. storyteller. So for me to say what I said about some of, you know, the stories re with relation to women, it is what it is. But... But um, yeah. I, I think that y you definitely are discounting my man a little bit. Like he is a very, very. It's good fair. Episode. And look, if there's more information that I need to establish a, a more, I don't know, complete opinion, if you will, then that's fine. Yeah. So if I need to listen to Desire, I will listen to that album. But I'm just going off of the songs that I've mm -hmm. heard, the albums that I've heard, mm -hmm. verses that I've heard. So. You know, obviously, I've probably heard a lot more Method Man than Pharaoh right, Monch, but yeah, exactly. based off of all the things that I've heard, and nothing I've heard from Pharaoh Monch is, comes anywhere close to Method Man on Wu Tang Forever. Mm. It just, it for me, it just doesn't. So that's fair. I mean, you know, you're talking about I think a generational talent in uh, his very peak prime, right? Like that's, you know, right. that's Tracy McGrady or, or Grant Hill, right? Like it's somebody who has a great mm. talent and in a short window was as good as anybody. Um, right. And I don't know that I would necessarily say Pharaoh is as good as anybody in a short window. Okay. The person that I, I parallel him to is Busta. Now, Busta has a much longer and more storied career. But, um, yeah. you know, I think Busta is one of the most technically gifted MCs of all time. Yeah. And and I think that those that know, know, and those that don't, don't. And, and it's kind of mm -hmm. similar with Pharaoh Monch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, it's not that I, I dislike him. It's not I don't think he's good. I have a great deal of respect for him. Yeah. I just have this thing where when I think people rate someone higher than I do, I'm just like, I just have to express <laughs> that I think he's a little overrated. That's all that yeah, is. Sir. So I, right, I think we well, should get into since you're the highlights let's get first. To, yeah, let's let you start with let's your highlights. Let's get the highlights first. <laughs> so I think my highlights back in the day, there was probably only two. Obviously, we talked you know, at length about Simon Says. Mm -hmm. And I could talk about that record all day because I love that record. I still wish that this was a song that I heard carry into the club nowadays. Which song is this, Simon Says? Simon Says. Okay. You know what I mean? Because like the hits from back in the day that you still hear now, you might hear like Do It Again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you hear a couple of years later from Jay-Z, the um, Big Pimper. I Just Want to Love You. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? You hear those different records. I wish Simon Says was something that I'd still heard in the club. I don't, but I think it's good enough to still hear. So mm. I, I still like the song. Do you think part of that is impacted by the fact that it's no longer available because of the sample clearance issues? Nah, because I don't think that has anything to do with DJs. I think it does. DJs can play whatever they want to play. Yeah, but what's a DJ in 2019? A DJ is, is a nigga with a laptop and, and MP3s that they downloaded. So if something's not available on MP3, because clubs aren't paying DJs that have actual talent. So, I mean, if, if something's difficult to get for a, re a regular average person, it's probably not going to get played. So let me just say, first of all, I have respect for club DJs. <laughs> uh, I think that they, they do have talent. So, uh -huh, not all of uh -huh. them. Clearly not all of them. Mm -hmm. But I'm speaking... Like I'm, I'm referring to t 
sometimes when I go out and even yeah. if I don't like all the music, I respect that the person asked me. Let me talk about that. Right. Uh, you, I think you, I think you make a fair point. If mm. the single is not available, it will be harder for them to play it. Yeah. So I think you're right. And what I'm saying there, right? I'm not shitting on all club DJs. I've been a right, right. No, I know, I know, I know. But, I know. but what I'm saying is, you know, previously there was kind of the the idea of the record pool, and you know, mm-hmm. DJs were like a, a, a kind of a, the, their own like Illuminati, right? Like this class of individuals yeah. who had access to all of this music that others didn't have in advance, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like there was it was kind yeah. of an exclusive club. A DJ nowadays can literally be anybody who has access to the equipment, and the equipment can facilitate your situation. So therefore, sounds like me. Like, sounds oh. like outlaw Drew Cool. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> hey, it's, it's no, it's no diss. I'm just saying. So you know, <laughs> as a result of it, of that, right? Like, if yeah. a music is not readily available to everyone, there's a good chance yeah. that it won't get played in a lot of places because a lot of places are not hiring people that like have some sort of exclusive access to music. That's all I'm saying. No, I think I think you're right. So that's yeah. that's a good point. And the other highlight for me back in the day, the big highlight mm-hmm. would have been, like you said, the light. Mm-hmm. And it probably even resonated with me more just because it was a love song. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably had a crush on a girl at the time. And I was when I heard the song, I probably <laughs> thought of her. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> right. Um, that was definitely a highlight for me at the time. And not even because even the lyrics and the verses, I just liked uh-huh. the hook. Uh-huh. And I love the beat. I mean, the beat is amazing. Uh-huh. And I think that the way he delivers the hook with the melody of the song, I, I think is fine. Yeah. So that was a highlight for me back then. I wouldn't call that song a highlight for me now. Okay. The highlights for me now would definitely be Queens. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a groovy, jazzy record. Yeah. And I mean, I'm always going to have respect for people giving love to where they're from mm-hmm. and letting me know what it's like to live there and, and be there and be from there because I'm not from there. Mm-hmm. So I want to see, you know, if I res- have respect for your your musical talent, I want to hear what Queens is like to you and, and mm-hmm. what Southside is like to you. So that's definitely a big highlight record for me. Mm-hmm. I would say that mm, I'm trying to think of Hell as a highlight. I really like Cannabis's feature on it. Mm-hmm. And I like some of the things that the Pharaoh Munch does with it. You know, he starts off with the, you know, the alliteration and everything mm-hmm. with the F. And I like some of the things that he's including in hell. I, I thought that was cool. Cannabis features, you know, when he comes in at the end, I, I think I really like. Mm-hmm. And after that, I think the only other highlight for me has got to be the truth with Common and Talib Kweli. Mm-hmm. It's a good verse from Talib Kweli. It's obviously a good verse from Common. Great verse from from Pharaoh Munch. And the beat is just... It's really cool. It's really jazzy. Mm-hmm. And th- those are the kinds of things that I probably didn't appreciate enough back then when it came to these types of artists. But the more I listen to Common's catalog and the more I listen to Most Def and these types of underground hip hop, the more you get mm-hmm. appreciation for that, that kind of jazzy side of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And it's something that definitely resonates with me now. In fact, yeah. I would venture to say that that's perhaps my favorite song on the album is The Truth with featuring Common and Talib Kweli. Mm-hmm. So those would be my main highlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh, so I'll do it the way you did it in that I'll kind of do the old highlights and then I'll add to them with the, the new highlights. So um, okay. I always love the way this album started.
how did I miss that? Yes. The intro is amazing. I don't know how I missed that. Yes. Amazing. So, you know, as a kid who didn't really know a lot about Feral March, new Simon Says, new mayor off of off of sound bombing, you know, heard a couple of wake up show freestyles from him and that was about it. And getting this package in the mail and that being the first thing I hear when I turn it on, I was blown away, excited, loved it. So I, I love the intro. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, yeah. Even to this I, day. Somehow I missed that. Yeah. I missed that as a highlight. It was a highlight for me back then. It's still a highlight for me now. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, I think because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the wiki mm-hmm. and I'm reading intro and I'm just naturally programmed to skip over that. But yeah, yeah that beat is, that beat it's, is fire. It's fire. And, and the, the song is fire. Yeah. yeah. It's a great song. And, and, so I'll just step out of the this track for track and also just say the production in general is is a highlight for me. Um, I okay. love pretty much all the beats here, and in this time frame, all of these beats were just this is the type of production I wanted to hear at the time. Um, and okay. so you know even like behind closed doors, like like all the whole beginning like three three until you get to the rape song. Um, I, yeah. I, I love the production. Um, so yeah, all of these are, are are highlights from a production perspective. Um, the next highlight is and was Queens. Yeah. Loved it. The one thing I will say about this song, which is really funny, is this is at at a time where you know we're talking about real hip hop and, and, and this yeah. is hip hop. You know, hip hop, hip hop. So you know, hip hop had rules, and so. I felt a way about individuals sampling records that had come out too too close to the time that 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 an album came out. And I remember I this specifically that. when I really got into Biggie and hearing Unbelievable because I was like, yo, like R. Kelly, like I mean this is like the same this is the same, you know, era of music. Like you can't sample I mean it's primo, it's Biggie, it's an amazing song, but I feel conflicted to like it because, you know, it's sampling something that just came out. So now, you know, we get this beautiful sound bed of a Maxwell record that just came out fucking two years before that or whatever, right? Um, But it's my favorite song on the project, and it samples something that just came out, and so I felt conflicted about that. So I just wanted to say that. But um, I love this song. I loved this song. I love when people tell us about where where they're from, just as you said. I think that this is the best story on this album. That's fair. Learning about Donovan. Donovan is somebody we all know. Um, and even, you know, I'm not saying this is Biggie level storytelling, but it's 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 up there. Like he talks about um, late night, spotlight, eating Mike and Ike's, slap boxing with a dyke on a bike too small. Like I see that right. picture because I remember us I being think. kids and like, you know, a, a kid getting a bike and then, you know, we, we're, we're, we're kind of posed. So, you know, you got that bike and then you get you have a growth grow spurt over the summer and, and you, st- you still have that same bike. You know, so, I mean, right. I see the whole picture of this whole situation that happened with Donovan, including him getting too big for his britches, his mom smacking him, etc. Like this was a great story. And, and, and I, I can't mm-hmm. I can't highlight enough how good this song is, in my opinion. OK. Um, so, you know, I'll skip uh, to Simon Says. We talked about Simon Says. It was a, it was a hit that we just came out of left field. Yeah. I also remember maybe a year to two years before that, there was a Godzilla movie. Yeah, there was. With, yeah. I think it was with Matt, Matthew Broderick, I think was in it. Yeah. So, like, you know, he and takes this Godzilla sample. Right, right. Yeah. Um, he had that terrible Come With Me song. Remember? Yeah. Hear my eyes. Yeah. Hear my cries. No disguise. 
Man, shut the hell up. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's a horrible, horrible way to disrespect a, a classic Led Zeppelin record. But anyway. <laughs> so bad. Uh, so Simon Says comes out. It's got this sample. It's got this energy. It was crazy. I remember there being a bit of controversy around it, even before the sample issue, because he says, Girlies, rub on your titties. Yeah. Fuck it, I said, rub on your titties. Uh -huh. New York City, pity committee, pity the food at Act City in the midst of the calm, the witty. Yo, where you at? Uptown, let me see him. Notorious for the six fives in the BM. Heads give you beef, you put them in the mausoleum, and shit don't start jumping till after 12 p.m. Was that a big issue though? It was like a thing. Like I, I don't remember if it was like the C. Dolores Tuckers or who was running with it. But so it's interesting because he says on the song. Somebody even say the song is sexist because I ask the girls to rub on the breasts. Whether you're riding a train or a Lexus, this is for either or Rollies or Timexes. It's wicked like Exes. This is the joint. You holding up the wall and you're missing the point. Which is an interesting the thing to say about a song you're releasing. Like right. you're saying it As on you're the saying. song you're releasing. <laughs> and people said at the time, said way worse things on songs yeah. than asking girls to rub on their titties. The funny thing is way like... Way worse things. I think, you know, that, that bar that you just, you know, mentioned just kind of talks about how self-reflective and how conscious like Feral Munch is because he's like since apologized like multiple times I think he even said in an interview that he if he could do it all over again like he wouldn't even put that out right so like Which, he wouldn't even put the song out yeah like I think he, he said like he would he either wouldn't put it out or would have changed the lyrics or whatever right wow, so like interesting okay so he's like a very thoughtful guy and like I mean you know I think he just kind of said that playfully and then you know it just happened to like blow up and be this huge song that everybody learned you, about. I'll tell you this. I don't remember any of the backlash from that song. There, it was I definitely talk it. about it in the in the press and, and stuff like okay. that in the media. Um, but uh, yeah, Simon Says is definitely a, a, a highlight. Um, I really liked Official. And I want to highlight Official because one, Official was in multiple television commercials at the time. Um, mm -hmm. it, there was an ESPN commercial that this song was was featured in. And like, yeah. I don't know if he did this on purpose. If he didn't, wow. If he did, still wow, right? Like, he made a song that was just like a perfect NBA record that to get placed for sync placement, and it did get placed for sync placement. And it also made a way for him later, if you remember, on the Ruckus compilation, he had the song with uh, Styles P, My Life. My life is all I have. My rhymes, my pen, my pad, that record. Okay. And then he remade the joint, but with the, with the lyrics talking about like basketball. And then he he got another placement for that later on. So just okay. I just want to you know highlight the you know the ingenuity that this man had in terms of like making a record that's kind of just perfect for something and then getting it placed like you know okay. that's not something that a lot of people especially underground artists i'm i'm, I'm doing air quotes but uh, you know more underground more lyric hip-hop oriented mcs many of them were not doing that and so i think that okay. was a big deal now is that still a highlight for you or was that just a highlight back in the day i still like official yeah okay. Yeah, I like that song. All right. I was a basketball player as well. So, you know, everything he's right. talking about is like, yo, this is something I would listen to getting ready, you know, for a game while I'm shooting around or something like that. So I like it. Okay. Um, Hell was a highlight then. It's not a highlight now. Got you. Um, so, and I, I don't need to elaborate much. You talked about that record. Mm -hmm. No Mercy is a highlight for me. 
Okay. Um, I love MOP. Then and now? Yes. Okay. Probably for different reasons. All right. Then I loved MOP and their energy. All right. I still love MOP and their energy, but now The Alchemist. I love The Alchemist. Yeah. And this production you. is like it's an era beat. of Alchemist that I love. I'm not as in love with the beats on here as you are. Okay. I recognize that they're good. Mm -hmm. There aren't too many to stick with me, but the beat on No Mercy is definitely yeah. a solid one. Yeah. Sure. And um, I really love the laugh that MOP does on their records. And like okay. they, they have this little laugh. It's, it's just like characteristically their thing. I, I love all their ad libs, but that's one of my favorite MOP ad libs. And they do it at the end of the song, and it just makes it, it just drives it home that much more that it's an MOP collab. So I like that. Okay. And oh, and another thing I'll say before I skip is I like the fact that Pharrell March approached some of the best lyrical talents in the game at the time and was not afraid right. to hop on tracks with them and put them on his album because you know I'm sorry a lot of major label guys were just afraid they were not they were afraid to get on songs with cannabis they were afraid to get on songs mm -hmm. with Busta Rhymes they were afraid to get on songs with Common like these are guys that like were white hot you know red man method yep. man like everything these people were doing was killing so it's just like for him to be uh, you know a guy who is is coming out newly as a as a solo artist and willing to you know collaborate with all these people and, and highlight them I, I that's a highlight for me okay so i'll move on right here is a highlight for me for the same okay. reason that queens is a highlight for me i like that he's highlighting where he's from and you know he's bigging it up i love dj scratch dj scratch also did the intro he did this i love both of those beats my next highlight then would have been the light, which we kind of talked on a little right. bit. Right, the music is still beautiful. Yeah, the music is to still me. great. I, I side eye the story here a little bit. <laughs> like you know, we learned that her name is Valerie and her crib is just a mile away in the third verse. Like my nigga, what was you doing the first two verses? <laughs> like, yeah, and, but you're on the way to her crib, and it's still the same story, and it's the same encounter. And you learn her name is Valerie, but you're in the cab, and her crib is a mile away, and. Yeah. The story just doesn't doesn't work for me, but I still right. I still really like it as a piece of music. It's a dope piece of music. Mm -hmm. I really like Godsend. Okay, I think he could have spent more time being a little more self reflective and, and made the raps on here a little more impactful. But I like yeah. the singing. I like the beat. Everything. So I like Godsend as well. It's not mm -hmm. a highlight for me, which is why I didn't list it as one of my highlights. But mm -hmm. one of the things that I like about Godsend is that. It features Prince Poe, yeah. Prince Poetry from Organized Confusion. Yeah. And since our, I think since our recap, I've gone back to, to find stress. I had to find that on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But I listened to it and I have some thoughts about that album, which maybe we can discuss a little later in the show if there's time. <laughs> but I like that this song, Godsend, sounds very much like an Organized Confusion. Yeah, record. yeah. Definitely. And it, it sounds like it's got a good placement on this, but also I could see like if Organized Confusion were to have their own project around this time, mm -hmm. I think that that record would very much sound appropriate on that album as well yeah again it's not a highlight for me but this is a very good song for sure it's interesting that you say that it's a good segue i was reading an article about lee stone right because i'm like who's lee stone right he's all over this album um yeah i was gonna ask you who is lee stone? yeah and I, and I wasn't familiar with him but apparently like he's a producer um had, had several kind of projects with you know some more underground hip-hop groups um and mm -hmm. happened to be a good friend of pharaoh's when Organized Confusion got dropped. So he said, Pharaoh helped him produce a record for a group he was producing. And then he came back and helped Pharaoh put together a few records. Mayer was one of them. 
And like, okay. he did like two more records that were also placed on sound bombing for other artists. And then he did one or two other records that ended up landing on this album. And then him and Pharaoh basically took it to Ruckus and was like, yo, you know, this is what we're working on. And Ruckus like was immediately like, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you a, a, an album deal. Like we're loving the direction of where this stuff is going. Just do a whole album of this. And that's how right. they ended up working on this album. So I thought that was okay. interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so last, the truth. Um, I've always just loved yeah. this production. I don't love or hate the lyrics. I think Common was the was the show stealer for me as, a, mm-hmm. as an MC. But uh, I really like this record and I feel like it's in the vein of like a respiration. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't think it's as good as respiration. But yeah, yeah it's, exactly. In my revisit, listen to this album. Yeah, the truth is for me is a standout record yeah so. and then i'll just i'll just go ahead and throw in simon says man the remix, the I, remix. I, I love i love Lady posse Luck, cuts she got a feature on and, here and i was gonna say that i was going to say i was listening to simon says today and i said wow i was talking about lady luck and how i just really feel like a waste there like i like i feel like i really wanted her to really get light and i think she deserved it and then i thought and i was like lady luck is young ma 20 okay. years ago I'm not as familiar with Young M.A. I, I know who she is yeah, I, yeah. I know the, the song but I'm not as familiar with Young M.A.'s work so. you know masculine female energy the, the yeah. you know the just the, the rawness the bars like I think that had she gotten the look obviously she never had a record that was as big as as the um, ooh record that Young M.A. does but if she had mm-hmm. one she literally would have been the same artist like I mean I I honestly, I like Lady Luck more. I think she's more lyrical, personally. But um, man, like it just, it just again made me feel like uh, I wish Lady Luck had more of a shot and an opportunity in the industry. Um, I get a verse from Meth and Red and Busta. Shabam Sadiq felt a little out of place on this record. I'm gonna be honest. Like his verse came yeah. on, and I was that's just his boy like, though, isn't it? Yeah, and, and he's dope. You know, he he does a lot of he did a lot of things on Ruckus. Uh, I like Shabam Sadiq. I just his verse kind of felt unnecessary and it didn't feel like it rose to the level of everybody else on this song because literally everybody killed it um okay. so yeah those are my my highlights so you want to get to the low lights i can get to my low lights so i think the only real low light i have of the album back in the day mm-hmm. was rape and i'm not even i think rape might have been a song that i just skipped mm-hmm because I was like, it's a song about rape. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, you know, not listening to the entire album, I just chose to like skip that one song. Yeah. It's a low light for me now because I'm sitting here reading about it. And supposedly it's like primarily the song is a satirical response to rapper Common's classic, I Used to Love Her. And I'm thinking about the song and I'm like, that's what it is? Because if yeah. it is, that's not very obvious to me. I didn't get that at all and when I listened to it. Like, I'm not even sure kind of what he's trying to say. If there if there are some, like, if there's a lot of metaphors that I just missed, mm-hmm. then fuck it. I'll cop to that. I missed it. But if yeah. it's supposed to be, like, some kind of parallel to hip-hop, I'm not sure if it was the most effective song. Yeah. And again, you know, maybe in 1999, you could get away with calling a song rape and it's cool. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that right now, if he's going to do the song and it's supposed to be this satirical, you know, kind of, you know, this is my song to hip hop. And I think it needs to be better than this. It needs to be more clever. 
Yeah. And I, I shouldn't have to fucking guess. Yeah. You know, don't 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 make me guess on a. If if you want to be edgy and you want to toe the line mm. and you want to push the envelope or whatever mm. and and that's fine, mm. but. Don't make me guess at the same time. It should be fucking clear what you're trying to do. Yeah, the, in my opinion, the, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, it was a skip then; it's a skip now. The one thing I'll say about Feral Maja, and this kind of you know really plugs itself into it, is I you know if you remember, I described Feral Maja as like a hip hop method actor, right? Yeah, and like okay. I feel like if you listen to this whole album and the themes in 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 which it relates to women. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of them are kind of rapey. Like, I mean, he kind of, you know, he's got like other bars in here where he talks about like, I, I fondle them like this, or I, you know, I grab them like, this. you know, it's just kind of like, I don't know, man. It, he, he, Head scratches. The, the character that is that is Feral Monch from this album. If I have to describe Feral Monch and I have no other context clues, I'd say yeah. he's kind of a dark guy, and and this this reads kind of like a horror movie, like in 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 a way, uh, both from the the Sonics chosen, um, as well as like kind of some of the themes and 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 the et cetera's. But you know, this record it just wasn't it, bro. Sorry, it wasn't it for me then, and I didn't even have any kind of critical analysis of the song then. I think yeah. I just skipped it because it's like oh rape i don't want to see anything about rape yeah. so but now like i actually listened to this intently trying to figure out where he was coming from and i'm like dude i'm just i'm not getting what you're trying to do here <laughs> so yeah. yeah the next low light for me uh -huh. wasn't necessarily a low light then okay. but it's definitely a low light for me now mm -hmm. and that's when a year highlights and that's official i think that song is not good and i'm gonna tell you why okay it's because I've always been weary of songs that do too many current things. Oh, I see. And there are some times when you can reference like something that's current that if it has staying power and I listened to it 20, 30 years ago, or 20, yeah, 20, 30 years from now and, and I'm going back and it's like, well, it had staying power. So mm. obviously that's a good reference. But I mean, like I hit like number 55 of the charges. charges and I'm like, is that, is that Junior Seau? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's who that is. That's dope. Is. I like that. Cause yeah, it's like no, a time capsule to me. like, to sports trivia. From like, to, to, like he's like, uh, I dodge a nigga like Raul Mondesi. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about Raul Mondesi. Anyway, so these records don't work for me. They've they've yeah. never were, really worked for me. And That's I don't right. think that it's, I don't think you're lame because it works for you. I'm just mm. saying it doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I think it's good to, to, to highlight this and discuss this because you also have a song, um, was a UVA Current Affairs, if, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. something along those lines, right? Yeah. And so I can, I didn't think about that until just a second ago, mm. but now hearing the song that you like it, I'm like, oh, okay, that would make sense to you. Oh, like, man, don't do that. Something like this. No, 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 I, I don't mean that in the diss. What I'm saying is that the, these types of songs work for you. They don't work for me at all. I don't all. know and about that. I, I don't know about these type of songs work for you. Um, you know, I, okay. I think you're putting words in my mouth, but official <laughs> Maybe. official works for me, right? I don't I don't go back and listen to UVA State of Affairs, right? Like that's like a freestyle right, I right, did right. when I was like 19 years old. But uh, you know, it was dope, uh, official it was dope at the time. official works for me. I, I enjoy yeah. it, and, okay. and for me, it does read like a time capsule where I can go back and be like. Oh wow, these were the sports figures that were, you know, popping in 
2000 or 99 or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. For me, yeah. it's a concept song. Mm -hmm. And there's a better version of this song, not necessarily talking about sports figures, but this just better, I think, lyrically. And that is Fame from Jizza. And that came out, I think, 10 years after that. Mm -hmm. But basically, Fame, he takes any kind of celebrity's name and he, he puts it on the rhyme. But he doesn't, like, he doesn't break up the names. So he says like Rosa parks the car. He doesn't say mm. um, I parked the car like Rosa. Like he right, like right, he right. always always completes the name. So he's like I use Sean's pen. Mm. Um, he never you know puts another word in there. And I think he does that like the whole track is like that. Mm. And to me, I'm like okay, I think that this is a better testament of you know some some lyrical progress. But yeah. for me, a song like Official, I just kind of skipped. I I just I I can't I can't really get into it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say No Mercy is a low light. It's not. I just don't. I just don't like MLP. I'm just gonna mm -hmm. say it. I they just don't do it for me at all. Mm -hmm. So that's it right there. Uh, the next shit is not a low light. I just I really wish Eminem was on it. <laughs> and I have yeah. to say that I think the first time I heard the next shit on my re-listen, I didn't really like it because that beat is kind of like it's like the beat like you hear like a like a hockey game or like a basketball game where the organ player is doing something. Mm -hmm. But it's actually quite effective on here for mm -hmm. for a beat like that. It works. I just think that Eminem would have killed it on this record. So okay. it's not a low light, but I, I just kind of wish he was on there. Mm. And yo, the ass. This song is bad, yo. This song yeah. is bad, yeah. bad, 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 <laughs> fucking garbage, <laughs> awful. And I don't think I liked it then. I probably skipped it then. Yeah. But I'm listening to this now. It's like, good God, this song fucking sucks. <laughs> it's bad. It's just awful. So... Yeah, it's I don't we don't need to talk about that unless you have anything to add about this song. Um no, the song is terrible. I think the 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 hook is what makes it really 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 bad. Um and I mean again, it's, you know, I don't want to kill my man Pharrell. Y'all have to understand. I'm a I'm a fan of Pharrell Mont. I think Pharrell Mont is dope. Yeah. I'm willing to defend him as a lyricist, but like this is another record where I'm just like, do you really talk to women or not? Because, yes. you know, just like the whole, if this is your idea of like a battle of the sexes song, like it just, nah, it, it ain't do it for me at all. And it's so comical that the next song is the light because I think that that's something that that's something that MCs tried to do back then. Right, like, oh, right, I'm gonna right. have some kind of controversial song. I'm gonna show but you. Then the, I'm gonna have the right. song to show you that I really like women. Right, right. Nah, nigga, I see through that shit. <laughs> yeah, so, that's hilarious. That's so true. But I'm glad to hear you say that you hear the light kind of the same way I hear the light mm, now mm. because now I listen to it and I'm like. First of all, the, the shit doesn't really make sense. The story doesn't even really end. It's just, yeah. There's no, there's definitely like an intro and then like they ha hook up and have sex and I'm like, okay, but and then what? what's the point? Right, like, like, no like point why are you telling this story? I'm, I'm confused. And, and then the hook, as much as I like the hook from a melodic point of view, mm. one, the lyrics on the hook don't really match the rest of the lyrics on the song. Right. And the same thing too, is it like, look, fellas at home, don't ever listen to the lyrics on the hook and think that that's how, like, that's what women want to hear. It, it's just not, it's not. Um, it's just not how it goes. This is like an incels album. <laughs> Yo, I just found out what that word meant because the Joker movie has come out and it's a movie I, I plan to see. Right, right. Um, I wasn't able to watch it this weekend, but I, I plan to see it. And someone told me like, oh, it's an incel anthem. I was like, what the fuck is an incel? And then I had to look this shit up. I'm like, okay, this is the reason why I don't know what incel is because I, right. I don't hang around guys like this. But yeah. yeah. 
I mean, like yeah, songs I don't, like I don't, rape I don't swallow is like, any black pills. Like rape is like a fucking insult anthem. Like it's just like this shit is is weird, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, the, the light. So, I agree with you. I, we I, we talked about that. Yeah. So. so those are those are some of my my low lights. Do you have okay. Do you have any others? Let me add. Um. So first of all, I actually do think the next shit is a low light, and I didn't think that previously, okay. but like I went back and listened to it, and I was just like, the next shit, the next shit, the next shit, da 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 da. da. It just it just doesn't. It, it do doesn't it for bother me. me. It's, I, like, it's fine. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's it's not it's not bad. It's just we're doing a tribute, and so this it's not true. it's not tribute worthy. We've talked about rape that already. I think that hell is now a low light for me. Okay. The one thing I will say about Pharaoh, and I gotta give him credit here, is yo he has a very unique strategy for like besting cannabis on a record. Because I feel like back then, like <laughs> niggas didn't want to get on a record with cannabis because because bar for bar, you're just not gonna you're not gonna fuck with cannabis, yeah. right? Like he's ill. So what he did was, he just really rapped about the topic. Yo, that's smart yeah. as shit, because cannabis never raps about the topic. Like, cannabis Not really. Cannabis kicks a Hot 97 freestyle on every song. And it's it's the illest yeah. Hot 97 freestyle ever. It is, yeah, but it has nothing sure. to do with, with what the, the song is supposed to be about. So, at least cannabis right. gives us, I ain't living in hell. Hell's living in me. That's why I'm always shitting on you fucking MCs. And then he goes back to yeah. talking about his label and whatever other stuff he'd be talking about. So sure. you, you know, props to to um, to Pharaoh for for sticking to the topic, which is a good way to kind of combat how ill cannabis comes on these records. But like, what is this song about? Hell, this is hell. I mean, this is hell. This is hell. Okay. I can ask that question about a lot of songs on the album. That's so. Fair. Yeah. Hell just doesn't do it for me now. Like I'm, you know, Pharaoh has this weird obsession with like. In the corner, grabbing their genitals by the dresser. Like, why, why are they grabbing their genitals? Like, you know, he had some other song where he was talking about, or it might have even been the same one where he says, like, somebody's exposing their breasts with no penis or something. It's just like, why? Look, <laughs> why is this that, happening? That's your boy. Yo, this is my man. I just, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's my man's. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Like, I, I didn't get what he was trying to do there. So, that's a that's a low light for me now. And then, um, oh no, the, I, I said the next shit and then the ass. So yeah, those are my low lights. Yeah. So I don't like the beat either. Sorry, Diamond D. I just I don't think it's a very good beat. But the ass. What's your what's your motivation for putting this on the record? Like I get why rape is on the record. I don't think it's a good choice. But if it's supposed to be like some kind of metaphor for hip hop, fine. But mm-hmm. like the ass is just whack. It's not a good song at all. Like, I feel like it's, it's like... It's not a good song then. It serves two purposes. Mind you, I don't think it does it very effectively. But um, <laughs> one, you know, Battle of the Sexes, right? He was able to bring a female on and she was able to give her perspective and he gave his perspective. Uh, two, yeah. you know, he didn't really have any records on here where he was able to get his, yo, I, got, I get hoes and I smash them and I do this and I do that. You know, like this is his like... Yeah sexual conquest bars song where he was able to do that but then we talked about how thoughtful Pharaoh Monch is as a man right like even saying mm-hmm. some people might say that the song is sexist in the song that's sexist right so like right. in order to kind of combat the ridiculous shit that he's saying he puts a woman on the record so that she can also give her perspective and kind of go back at him so I understand right. the record conceptually it's just not a very good record so 
what happened to Pharaoh Munch in the sense that, you know, this album comes out in 1999 and mm -hmm. I'm looking at the wiki and this discography chronology says Desire comes out eight years after that and there's nothing in between. Like, what was he doing in that time? So, you know, I think even if you look at the wiki, right, it says that. So there was he had like a bunch of legal battles around when when the Simon Says thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't want to put out another album at when he was locked in all that. So he just kind of spent his time doing these one-offs that landed on these different compilations, Lyricist Lounge, the Madden right. Training Day soundtrack, etc. But I guess he wasn't able to really put it all back together until um, that situation. Because I think he was supposed to get signed to Denorm Porter, which, you you know, he's from, uh, from D12, Eminem's okay. homeboy. He was supposed to get right. like he's supposed to get his own record label under Shady Records, and uh, Faramont was supposed to sign there, and then that fell through. So okay. um, he didn't he didn't get to come back out until SRC came together, which was was much later. That's Steve Rifkin's uh, label after Loud. Okay, yeah, cool. So how would you grade this album? Um, either on a one to ten or a, you know A B C D F? Like how would you grade this? Am I grading it as a as a legacy piece, like comparing it to all the, or am I grading it in 1999 as a legacy piece? Like a B, a B. Yeah, that's about where I would give it. Yeah, yeah, I think a B. And I thought I thought that at the time as well, because like I said, at the time, it wasn't an album that after listening to it, I, had, I felt I had to go out and borrow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but at the same time too, it's weird because. I did like Feral Marsh. I did mm -hmm. like the project. Um, I love the album work, album art. Like yeah, him the out album art is fire. Now. That shit was fire. Yeah. And again, like Simon says, it's a record that I still wish I could hear when I go out. So, yeah. but yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to add for Simon Says or for Feral Marsh Eternal Affairs? Nah, but um, definitely check check out Desire for you know you okay. Andrew as well as folks that haven't. Um, I, I think. You understand a little bit more, and I think he does a better, more effective job of kind of canvassing the stories that he's trying to say. I think Internal Affairs strikes me as an album, and and I know I know this feeling as an MC, right? Like when you first come out, like you just want people to know you can rap. Like, yo, I got bars. I need y'all to know that I got these bars. And Internal Affairs kind of strikes me in some ways as a guy who wants you to know, you know, I produce a little bit. I can rap, yo. Like I can rap. Check me out. Uh, desire is less that desire is more from the place of y'all know I can rap now let me you know let me do some cool things let me tell you some stories let me do some you know conceptual things and I think those are the things that kind of to me elevate Feral Monch beyond just being like no disrespect to Busta but like a Busta like a cat that's just very technically sound but you don't know them for like concepts albums and stories and things like that you know what i mean which project is better uh, um i'm gonna say desire because i'm trying to get you to listen to it okay. <laughs> um <laughs> i think that the songs on desire are better but um okay. i think so you know i like some of the beats here on internal affairs like i like the features on internal affairs so i mean you know you may grade it also overall as a B, but you won't have the problems that you're having with like a hell where you're just like, why is this even a song? Like what, like what's the purpose? Gotcha. You know what I mean? Okay. 
So uh, unless you have anything else to add, I think that should wrap it up for our tribute to internal affairs. Nah, that's it. What I will say is if this didn't sound like a very tribute tribute, we apologize. <laughs> we really just try to keep it as honest as we can. Man, there's no need to apologize. We're just keeping it real. Yeah, and sometimes we tribute records that really meant a lot to us at a certain period of time or our period pieces. Mm -hmm. And now we're listening to them 20 years later with adult ears. And so we just have to be honest with what our opinion is now. Yeah. Um, and, and it's all part of the conversation. And the other thing that I will add is, yo, stay tuned. We talked a lot on a lot of episodes about a lot of Wu-Tang shit. And on almost every episode, <laughs> we mentioned this Inspector Deck album that never came, came yes. out. And so now the next episode, we will be discussing Uncontrolled Substance by Inspected Deck, the album yes. that almost never was. Um, and I think that people will really enjoy that. So definitely stay tuned. Yeah, definitely stay tuned. And um, yeah, if you guys have suggestions for topics you want us to cover or albums you want us to revisit, anything like that, hit us up. Let us know. You can find us at the at the 80s Babies, uh, T-H-E-8-0-Z-B-A-B-I-E-S at Gmail. SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that, all that all good that. stuff. Let us know. All right, so signing off. Peace. Peace. Get the fuck up. Simon says, get the fuck up. Throw your hands in the sky. Weezes in the back, sipping yak, y'all, what's up? Girls, rub on your titties. Yeah. yeah, I said it, rub on your titties. New York City, gritty, committee, pity the fool that act shitty in the midst of the calm, the witty. Y'all know the name. Uh, Farrell fucking March ain't a damn thing change. Uh, you all up in the range of shit, inebriated. Uh -huh. Straight from your original plan, you deviated. I alleviated the pain with long-term goals. Slip my underground loop without the gold. You sold flat around the world, I sold wood in the hood. But when I'm in the street and shit, it's all good. Assume the motivated boom, control the game like boom. Way to rock, clock, dollars, flip, tips like a way to block shots. Styles way to let my lyrics annoy. If you're holding up the wall and you're missing the point. Get the fuck up. Simon says, get the fuck up. Put your hands to the sky. Brooklyn in the back, shooting crash now, what's up? Girlies, rub on your titties. Yeah. Fuck it, I said rub on your titties. Uh -huh. New York City, pretty committee, pity the fool that.